opinions expressed on the following program of those of its hosts and participants in no way reflect those of the staff or management of WNRI. Author's Hour. Get the story behind the story. It's all on the Author's Hour. You'll get to hear the authors talking about their books and the journey behind how it all began. Join the opportunity to hear the insights on what inspired them to write it. Now, here is your host, Wayne G. Barber. And good morning, America. Tuesday morning, 9.05. And you know what that means. It's another edition of the award-winning Authors Hour radio program, which is now available on podcast later today on anchor.fm slash wayne-bobber. And we have an exciting lineup for you today. A friend of mine that's been on the show in past has a new book that was just released, My Liturgy of Easy Walks, Finding the Sacred in Every Day in Some Very Strange Places by Marjorie Turner Hallman. She's on the line right now. We're going to do a couple of commercials to pay the bills here. But before that, as a PSA announcement, I spotted this this morning. Massachusetts sent me an email. And, you know, there is still an unemployment problem in New England. Well, right now in nearby Massachusetts, just over the line, Mass Hyatt Central is having a job fair today. The city of Worcester at 50 Forster Street at the DCU Center. There is going to be a lot of my friends over there, former, you know, former businesses alliances with over 100 Massachusetts companies hiring on the spot. No pre-registration. Today, the DCU Center in Worcester from 11 to 3. Just get that out there. You know, everybody's looking, and here's your chance. Today's Hairstyles by Worcester Hair Company and Transportation by Limousine is by CJ Trans of Fairbanks and another PSA. Folks, if you or someone you know is celebrating a birthday and you want Wayne to announce it on his program, just send him an email. His address is waynewnri at yahoo.com. Help make that special someone feel like celebrating with a birthday shout-out on WNRI. Good friend of the author's hour, Joe Silva. Author Joe Silva, the old rocker, celebrates a birthday today. Tommy LaValle. He rooted for Junior for years and years right over there in the Connecticut area. Turns 55. And Lizzie Allison, a big happy birthday today. And her family says, do not put her name on the uh, uh, age for her birthday. So I held that off. I did not play it. Harvest Moon Health Foods, Route 21, Unit 4, Colonial Plaza in Putnam, Connecticut. 860-928-2352. Healthy foods for a healthy lifestyle. Gluten-free products. Over 100 dried herbs, nuts, and seeds. Healthy snacks. Help your body to reinforce its immune response. Hemopathic and herbal allergy relief. We stock quality brand manufacturers, including Against the Grain, 
Rudy's, Nature's Plus, Vatlane's Organic Oils, Food for Life, and so much more. Natural honey and organic coconut sugar, raw milk. Elderberry for flu remedies. Consumer-friendly hours on Monday through Wednesday, 10 to 6 p.m., Thursday to Saturday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., and Sundays, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. HarvestMoonHealthFoods.net, Unit 4, Colonial Plaza, Putnam, Connecticut. 860-928-2352. Proud sponsor of Brian Tag and the number 9 in the late model at Thompson Speedway. And uh, Brian got a second-place finish at the icebreaker this year in Thompson, and they'll be back on the track for race number two, going for that late-model championship on June 15th, Wednesday night. We'll be over there in Victory Lane with those people. AuthorsHourBookstore.com. New and slightly read books. If you heard our author interview on our Author's Hour every Tuesday at 9 a.m., we will stock it. Call Wayne, WNRI at Yahoo.com for any locator service or a closeout book. Again, it's the new Author's Hour Bookstore.com. You know, we've had a lot of success with our uh, Serious Pizza Rama Beach Blanket Pizza Special every Tuesday, 15 slices for $15. And, you know, the kids are getting out of school this week and next week, and all the uh, public uh, swimming areas are all open enough for the seasons now. So in conjunction with that, we come up with an idea for American Beauty Sign Works. You know, Oscar is always thinking outside the box to get those customers to your door. Well, he come up with an idea. He says, let's have a giveaway. And Oscar at American Beauty Sign Works and is a central coronavirus small business right here at 706 St. Paul Street. And to go along with the beach season, how about beach reading? Everybody's buying a book to read at the beach when they take the kids. Today, sponsored by American Beauty Sign Works, call a number three at 766 766 1380 7690600. Barefoot to Benefactor, My Life Story of Faith and Courage by Lenny Peters, MD. Uh, I've sold 11 of them on my website. I interviewed them. The podcast is already up, and it's an excellent read and a, a very, very appropriate for a beach read. So that's going to be sponsored by American Beauty Sign Works to caller number three. And also, Helen, I have your recipe here for strawberry rhubarb pie. Good morning on the line right now. We have a friend of ours that has been on the show before, and she's onto a subject matter that I really enjoy because I'm doing it now in my later years. The Liturgy of Easy Walks, Finding the Sacred in Every Day in Some Very Strange Places by our dear friend Marjorie Turner-Holman. She's a writer who loves the outdoors, has written four previous Easy Walk books with limited mobility. She maintains her balance with hiking poles when on the trail. She's also a great freelance writer. She has been published in local, regional, and national publications. MarjorieTurner.com. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me, Wayne. It's really, I'm looking forward to our conversation. Excellent, excellent book. 
I uh, got the first comment on it that, uh, you know, I started promoting it, and I noticed you have a book out there. Uh, well, you got 10 or 11 books on the market right now? Uh, um, some of them are, I guess some of them are on the market. Uh, I also help people write their own books, Wayne. And so um, I've, I've kind of lost count of how many books. Uh, one of them is the, that I worked with other people here in town in Bellingham, where I lived to do the 300th anniversary uh, book for the history of Bellingham, the more recent history. Did you uh, work with the library? We finished that. Did you work with the I library did. reference department on that? Uh, yes, I did. There were uh, three, four of us local people, and the library was able to get a grant, so we actually got paid to do this wonderful book. It's a, a community service. We did one up in Gloucester in 1996. And uh, we've got all kinds of help on that and work with the librarians at the schools and the town library. And the information was just invaluable. Uh, I saw on your uh, Amazon listing, you have a book, Bellingham Now and Then. Okay, how long ago was yes, that when you put, the, that's the book we're talking about? Yes, yeah. Okay, why did you right. not go um, with... It was uh, why didn't you go with Arcadia, uh, Images of Small Towns, the, the most predominant publisher in the country? Um, it is, and we did this as a self, self-publishing publication uh, fundraiser for the library. And you're com- basically comparing the difference between a traditional publisher and self-publishing. And very honestly, self-publishing, you get more money per book. Okay. So that was the reason behind that. Because when I saw the cover on it, and I said, that looks like an Arcadia Images of America book. But yet, you know, it was self-published. And I says, I've got to ask her, you know, with your intelligence in this business, you know what the options are. And Arcadia, it costs you absolutely nothing. It's uh, 120 pages and 200 photos, all black and white. And if they approve it, they print it out there for you. You know, that's it, is is we had total control <clears throat> over what we were going to put in. We did lots and lots of personal interviews with local residents. And, uh, you know, we really wanted control of the whole thing. Uh, that cover was designed by Pam Johnson, who uh, ran the Bellingham Bulletin for 25 years. And, yes, I've got experience with self-publishing. And so we had all the tools to do it ourselves without the constraints of a publishing company. The book you got out there calling Splitting Seeds, what is that uh, genre? (laughs) Um, That was a personal history. Uh, A very dear friend of mine uh, with serious, um, let's see, is it anorexia when she wasn't able to eat? I believe that's the term. And she survived it, and a lot of the tools that she used was art and poetry. And so 25 years later, this was a how are you doing, and here's the poems, and here's the stories behind that. And I worked very closely with her to create that book. 
That's what it is so, all about. Genre, um, self-help, maybe, um, personal history, hard to put it into a category, Wayne. Very touching in this um, mind liturgy of easy walks. I always see that term liturgy with um, uh, Christian terminology and different subject matters. And I think it's so appropriate for this because it's a collection of a lot of short stories in different time frames. And the one spot you really won my heart was you talked about. You were in your uh, convalescence of your brain operation and a few other problems, and you did a little bit of walking with another person who was actually blind, and it made you realize how fortunate you were to at least be 50%. <laughs> yes, um, very, very dear friend of mine from Worcester area. And she and I have taken a number of walks together. We've worked on different projects. She has a program called Walk Fit up at, um, oh, what's the name of the uh, hospital in Worcester that has the gorgeous atrium? I'm uh, St. Vincent, excuse me. And um, I, I, just, I, I love Liz. She's a wonderful person, and she's really opened my eyes to the world of visual impairment and the challenges there and the things that we who are not visually impaired can do to be helpful to those who are visually impaired. There was a second part in the book, though I, all I could think of was my dad. He's 96, still home, uh, tough old George Barber, Second World War vet. And uh, the part in the book that you wrote about, you came home with the cane, with the four fingers on the bottom, the four fingers on the bottom of the cane, and it just right. stood by itself at Century all the time. And I can see that, too, with a lot of elderly people and stuff. And you came up with this idea of putting a tassel on the top of it like a uh, juvenile bike that goes in the breeze and the wind, and somebody in the family got yeah. something that worked, so then you started walking, and it took the attention of people seeing you walking with handicaps and stuff like that away from the handicaps to the tassel and made that the focus points of an opening conversation. I thought that was brilliant. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, a lot of it, you know, children are so honest, and they will just speak out loud, what's wrong with her? And, you know, parents get really awkward about it. And it, it really did shift the focus from, <clears throat> excuse me, from looking at me as a disabled person to, oh, look, isn't that cool? And shifted the conversation to a way that was more comfortable for me because I still encounter visitors, uh, strangers that... Uh, say kind of awkward things sometimes, and sometimes I can manage to be graceful about it. Other times it can still make me kind of cranky, and it, it just helped to have something sweet and fun and attractive to be able to engage, especially with children. Do you find that most of the new walk areas that every town in New England, it seems to be 
uh, a very open policy now. Most towns now are putting in more outdoor recreation and buying up land trusts and stuff like that, town after town after town. And do you think they have uh, the persons with the handicaps in line more now than they did in the past? Is it easier for you to find easy walks and new easy walks? I think so, Wayne. Um, I think what you're uh, referring to specifically and then more generally, uh, there's been an explosion of what's called rail trails. And um, these are former rail beds that are getting bought back up because people didn't realize the potential of what these abandoned rail beds would offer. Um, And so communities are having to kind of grab them back and say, ooh, that's a resource for our community. And typically, as these rail trails are getting developed, they are built as handicapped accessible in mind. They've got curb cuts. They're either crushed stone dust. It's all about firm footing or pavement. And um, when people ask me what is an easy walk, it helps to have in mind Um, this phrase that I've come up with, which is easy walks means not too many roots or rocks, uh, firm footing, relatively level with something of interest along the way. And using that phrase, all of a sudden people's eyes will light up and they understand what it is I need and, and many other people as well, as opposed to this is easy, meaning it's short and they don't ever look at trail surfaces. For any of us with mobility, trail surfaces make the difference whether there's a barrier or whether we can enjoy the specific location. Good points. I know it's in Boroughville there years ago. They went from Pasco to Harrisville on the old uh, Providence of Worcester Railroad, and it worked out absolutely perfect. It's used year-round now, even for uh, snowshoeing and cross-country skiing, you know, because of the flat, perfect surface it has, and the town really stays on top of it. And then uh, moving up to the northeast quiet corner, I got heavily involved with the Thompson Historical Society and the groups up in that area. And they have uh, an immense amount of old uh, train beds. That was the hub of uh, Northeast Connecticut for years. And most of those are all abandoned now. And they've got the, uh, I think they call them the airway trails up there. And uh, where the uh, four train wrecks. The airline. Yeah, it's the airline trail. And I've walked on different portions of it. Some of it's rougher and not developed, but other parts of it are really, truly wonderful. And they're beautiful scenery. There, it really is. Yes. Uh, you know, there's pieces uh, of foundations and brooks and stuff like that. It's, it really, really take your time yeah. and enjoy it. Uh, the railroads tend to go through waterways just because they went in a straight line. You wouldn't be able to build those now. But because the regulations were different when these rail beds were built, you've got water on both sides of you, <coughs> excuse me, wetlands, some really lovely spots. That's true. You know, with DEM, it'd be almost impossible to get the, uh, the licensing to uh, build something like that today. It'd be a nightmare. That's right. But rail trails, um, using these right-of-ways, 
have the advantage. Sometimes they're really muddy because they go through low spots where there are rock cuts. But base, anywhere they're going through water, they're going to be raised and some wonderful water views. The easy walks are elderly people or handicapped people around here in the tri-state region. Is there local chapters or local groups where you get together as a group? Hello? Marjorie, I think I lost you. Yes, we did, Marge. Uh, Marge, could you please call back on the line something that went uh, dead on your end? Okay? Alrighty. I think it's something happened on her end. No problem at all. Let's switch right over to a commercial right now, and uh, we'll talk about Book Lovers Gourmet. And they are your local independent bookstore, owned and operated by Debbie Horan since 1995. And they're located at 72 East Main Street in Webster, Massachusetts. 01570 for the GPS. Uh, she opens at 10 o'clock. And I think I can smell that Hogan Brothers Coffee Brewing right now. 508-949-6232. Uh, excellent children's section with puzzles and games and so much more. Book Love is Gourmet, your local independent bookstore. And very, very receptive. Matter of fact, Madri has her books here for t- a sale, too. I've noticed that. Another thing that's a phenomenon happening around New England and probably the whole country is how fast the uh, houses are flipping. And a friend of mine, Timothy Falcon, put two and two together and then had his entrepreneur uh, skills really rotating. And he came up with an idea for specializing in estate cleanouts. Junk in your yard or shed, they'll remove that too. And they'll work with all real estate companies on these uh, real fast flipping on houses. Falcon Properties Preservation Group, 401-205-5786, moving all types of cleanouts, real estate cleanout specialists, and they save you money because they use tilt body dump trucks. It saves one trip for the labor and one trip for that expensive diesel fuel. They bring the trucks in, tilt it, load them up, and get them out all in one shot. Falcon Properties at 401 205 5786. And, oh, we got a sale, too. I had to get it in. Paul Connolly sent me, he finally got a nice load of ammo to go along with his uh, 1,000 round cases of 9mm and uh, 223. He's added on a third now. Winchester 5.56, 55 grand, 125 round box on sale right now at Bullseye Shooting Supplies. They're opening up in five minutes. Get in line right now. $89.95 for that Winchester 55 grain. That is a fantastic deal. Rifles arrived uh, last Friday. Scopes, knives, gift certificates, black powder. Anything in black powder at Bullseye Shooting Supplies, 401-766-4409. They're located for over 38 years at 837 Park Avenue in quiet Woonsocket, Rhode Island. And we're back on the line. How you doing, Marge? 
I'm fine. My phone quit on me, so I'm so glad we got connected. So no, sorry. we have been connected a few times on you at this hour. <laughs> and we're going to be connected in the future, Coach. <laughs> Well, thank you. <laughs> okay, let's get back to this book. Right now, uh, within this Bellingham or, say, the tri-state region, what are some of your most favorable walks, uh, not counting the one, you know, you're right all the time, the Silver Lake, uh, newer ones in the last two years that you keep going back to because you enjoy them? Ah, uh, that's that's hard. Um, there's a wonderful place in Hopedale, which is is just a couple miles from where I live, probably within sight of Milford Hospital, which a lot of people know about. Yeah. It's called Hopedale Parklands, and it's got a lot of history to it, as well as just beauty, uh, kind of a, a circular um, walk, carriage road around Hopedale uh, Pond. And it's wide. It's got about, it's at least 10 feet wide, um, relatively level, and it's got water views almost the whole way around. Additional trails that are challenging for people that want to have more challenging walks and otherwise this wide rail uh, carriage road, kind of reminiscent of the carriage roads that they have in Acadia. But it's right local and right nearby. You don't have to drive six hours to get there. I got an email from Norma from Barrington, Rhode Island. Does your author feel safe walking on these trails with a handicap? Oh, well, that's a really good question. And part of the answer is, uh, yes, I do. But my part of why I specifically feel safe is I've made a commitment not to walk alone. Because Good idea. that isn't a great idea for me. I do walk alone in my own neighborhood, right along Silver Lake. But otherwise, I either take a friend or a family member to go with me. It's, it's just a matter of practice. And sometimes it's hard to find people to walk with you. And I have strategies for that in one of my other books. It's an insurance policy for you, too, a peace of mind and also a security blanket. You know, there's a lot of things that can happen. There really is. And always take your cell phone with you, too. Make sure it's fully charged. And if you're walking in the fall or in the winter, a helpful hint on that is your cell phone. Put it up somewhere near your chest where the phone and the battery stays warmer and the battery will last a lot longer, too, just in case. That's a nice fishing tip that we learned years and years ago. Uh, do you Absolutely. go back to some of these favorite places you have seasonally? Say uh, you go on one yesterday, and now the spring flowers are coming up, the lady slippers and stuff like that. And then you envision in your mind, I wonder what this looks like at the first snow or the first ice crystals on the uh you know, the different uh, branches and stuff like that. Do you make notes of that with a journal? Uh, my blog posts help me with that a lot, Wayne. Um, uh, it's hard for me to keep track. I, I basically journal through the pictures that I take, and then I file them by date, location, and date. And so I can go back and see when was the last time I visited, what time of year, 
And, and yes, I do seasonally. Um, people say, oh, well, I've already walked there. But different seasons are totally different places to walk. And that's exactly right. Uh, different seasons, they're completely different and quite wonderful and distinct. I, I find that myself, too, especially uh, with the migration of a lot of the birds in the area and uh, your herons, your, all your different types of ducks and the mallards, as you know, uh, mate for life and stuff like that. And you can really get it within two weeks almost every year, a lot of the things. Or even, you know, in my case, my wife has always got me on the watch out for pussy willows or uh, the reeds that have the uh, black tops on it. She likes to have a few of them by the door and stuff like that. So we look for seasonal stuff like too, without ruining the roots and stuff like that, selective cuttings and stuff like that. Yes, absolutely. Uh, right now, the Blackstone Gorge, which is right at the line into North Smithfield, uh, has mountain laurel blooming. It's absolutely gorgeous. I was just there a couple weeks ago, and they were just coming out with buds, and they should be open beautifully right now. There was a blooming azalea in the woods there and I spotted several lady slippers in the woods there as well. They're probably gone by now, but the mountain laurel should just be stunning. Did you ever see the 140 foot Japanese water wisteria in the Blackstone River visible from the road? Uh, where Where is that, Wayne? I'm not sure about that. Okay, if you're coming down Main Street, Blackstone, and you take a left yep. over the bridge on St. Paul Street, just before yep. Town Hall, as you're on the bridge, look to your right. It's only bloomed 10 days a year, and right now it's going by. But uh, a week ago Wednesday... I brought Chuck O'Neill with me on a mystery ride, a guy's day. And I told him, I said, bring your camera because I got to show you. It's in bloom today. And we stopped right on the bridge and almost got rear-ended. And I said, now turn to your right and take a picture. <laughs> it was 100 at least, I'm estimating, probably 140 to 160 feet tall. And I researched it years ago when I first spotted it. Because it's only in bloom like 10 days. And depending on the height of the water in the Blackstone River... It will vary it, too. But it's so stunning for that one period, for that purple wisteria on this old, old tree. And then two days later, it's gone. Oh, okay. Right there yeah, in Blackstone. I, I, yes, I, I know exactly where you're talking about. And I have seen wisteria in different areas. I don't feel like I knew that location, so I'll have to keep that in mind. Thank you. Well, the thing I researched on it, I says, you know, my grandma had them and a lot of other people. Uh, I've got a horticulture degree myself, and my grandmother had the, the barber farm, and my other grandmother on my wife's side had Cook's Greenhouse. So we're very familiar with all kinds of flowers, and I've sold and bred a lot of different flowers in my life. And I always thought the wisteria uh, had so many... Uh, uh, limbs on them, the stems and that, they would pull trellises off the house. They were so strong. But I never envisioned them growing as tall as a tree. And that's what they do there with that water supply. And there is a species of wisteria from Japan that does just that. 
It's just a natural wonder right there. And then that uh, huge old sycamore they've got in Blackstone, too, with the marker. I don't know if you've ever saw that on the back road. It's a oh, I love that sycamore. Yes, you know what I'm talking about, that one now? I know exactly what you're talking about. It's huge, and it had a sign for many years. I don't know if it has a sign still, but it's, it's really quite remarkable. You know, speaking of sycamores... We just took a trip down along the East Coast, and around here, you're only going to see sycamores as single trees. Yeah. They don't naturalize, <coughs> excuse me, they don't naturalize, meaning spread out along the road or in the woods. And once you get down to Pennsylvania, you start seeing them along riverbanks, along roadsides, and they're everywhere. It's, it's really quite remarkable to see these huge sycamores along with these younger sycamores, which you don't see in New England, at least around here. I think that might be because of those uh, bo uh, boring beetles and stuff. You know, when they make a swipe coming right through? Because uh, I've noticed on a lot of my nature walks that I do, I, you know, I do a lot with the National Wild Turkeys and uh, the Federation. I used to be the president of it. But I do a lot of natural type of things in rural woods where I'm really washing off of ticks now. But I'm noticing how many dead trees there are in the forest that aren't visible from the roads. And there's been yeah. so much damage the last 10 years from beetles and stuff like that. It looks like... Uh, the healthy trees are holding up the dead trees. So I'm saying to myself, every windstorm we have, we have these power outages. This is nothing yep. that's going to surprise me from here on in because there is so many dead trees out there right now. It's natural attrition, I think. Uh, these are invasive beetles that have come in, so it's it's not as natural as we might like to think. It's uh, there's a um, I can't even think exactly uh, what they're called. They typically go for the evergreens, the spruce budworm, and there's a like a woolly algidid, if, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, and I couldn't tell you exactly the trees they are, but yes. There's a lot of depredation, and uh, it's mostly from these invasive insects that are out of control. They're still trying to get a, get a handle on that and see what they can to limit their damage. But you're right, it's, it's been very damaging in different ways. When you see places that say no outside firewood, that's exactly what it's because what it's for because when you transport firewood from one place to another, you're transporting these invasive critters. I know a lot of states now have that flashing warning at the state borders. I've seen that a lot throughout New England. Yep. That's what it that's what it's about. They're trying to control that. Yes. Why did you use and choose the word liturgy on the title of the book? Very good question. Um, it wasn't one that I went looking for. I was interviewed by one a college that I went to for their alumni magazine, and I talked about the different essays. I talked about the spiritual focus of a lot of them, and when her article came out, the headline for the article was A Liturgy of Easy Walks, 
And I was so taken by that and sort of startled. And I said, I think that's the title of my next book. But then I had to go figure out what the book was, which meant going through all of my old writings and saying, what fits with this title? It was kind of a maybe a backwards way of writing a book. Interesting. But I, I loved the concept. I felt like it was important. And that was the process. That's why I used that as a title. And had to fit, I had to fit what I'd written into that. And it, so I really had to uh, curate the writing that I did to be appropriate for that, for a spiritual focus, for uh, um, um, finding hope, finding focus, learning forgiveness, a lot of those concepts that don't come easy to us. We're checking in here with Dick Flavin from San Francisco. He's a poet laureate from the Boston Red Sox who lives on the West Coast also half of the year. And he says, excellent show. I got up early just for you. And Jane Friedman, uh, a fantastic uh, webmaster, blogger, and uh, really, really big in the business, saying keep up the good work getting the message out there with authors. And nice, nice emails coming in today from around the country. Uh, Marjorie, working on yes. anything new, or are you doing more and more walking? Um, right now, I'm still doing the publicizing of the book. Interviews like you, I have a bunch of podcast interviews coming up. Um, yes, I, I am mostly trying to document my travels. We just uh, got back from a trip down to see. I have grand boys in Tennessee, and we took our camper down and stopped at rail trails along the way. We had our adaptive tandem with us, and we stopped at rail trails in Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Virginia, um, and Tennessee. So we, we stopped at beautiful rail trails all along the way, and were able to put our bike to good use ride about between 10 and 20 miles each time, which means I saw lots and lots of beautiful cascades, with spring water, uh, rivers, even saw a couple black bears. Now, on your walking poles, we talked about this the previous time that you were on the show, and a lot of people will be walking with one long wooden walking pole, and now... The price of them have actually come down with the adjustable aluminum walking poles. They almost look like ski poles and stuff like that. Uh, Is there a particular brand that you feel more comfortable with or more affordable, or are they all pretty good? Um, What what I encourage people to do, because I usually get mine off the Internet, or even Ocean State Job Lot will have them... Uh, paired up with snowshoes sometimes in the winter. Um, there's, there's specific things that I encourage people to look for rather than a specific brand. And you want to get softer uh, handles because, at least for me, I put a lot of weight on those handles. And your hands get tired. There's specific ways that you can use those straps that dangle that will yep. take a little stress off of your hands, it, it more is supported by your wrist. So comfortable handles, um, solid 
with the telescoping like you were talking about, there's different ways. There's twists that you can tighten them to expand them, adjust their height, or there's clips. And the clips tend to be uh, more dependable as long as they don't get loose. They'll have little screws to tighten them. The other thing I really encourage people to do is to get these little rubber tips because they come with, they're kind of like, they're just ski poles. So they've got these metal tips that if in soft ground you can grab, but on firmer surfaces, pavement, they're going to bounce all over. And so we stick those rubber tips onto the bottom of my poles. Gives me more traction on rock and pavement and other places. Does that make sense? That makes an awful lot of sense. And I know with the audience in our age group right here following the morning show, it's an intellectual older audience. And a lot of us are now getting out in nature, especially with the virus. Just get out there and get some fresh air. And like I say, everywhere I look in all my travels, my head's on a swivel. And there's a new park opening, a new walkway opening. And it seems like uh, all the politicians are using the excess money they're getting from the federal government to put it into recreation programs, town after town after town. So the uh, inventory of new trails is really, really busting at the seams. And I get them right from you. You feel safe on these trails where you go. And it's just common sense, too. Uh, there's going to be less traffic in the middle part of the week versus the weekend. Uh, a cloudy chance of rain d- a day. You're going to have a lot less people out there. you got to pick and choose your days, too, I believe. It, it, it's gotten better from the beginning of the pandemic. The trails were basically people's only options right in back in 2020. And so the trails were actually dangerously overcrowded. People didn't know where to go, so they were hitting these rail trails that have signs, and we actually avoided them at that time because they were so overused. At this point, it's gone back to relatively normal, but a lot of people have had their eyes open to what's available. The other factor, at least in Massachusetts, that's making a difference with building these new places like you're referring to, there's a, an act called the, uh, it's a law called the Community Preservation Act. And d- communities can choose to, it's like a savings bank. They s- put aside a tax assessment specifically for open space, recreation, and historical preservation. And so it becomes a pot of money that each town can use to build new trails, build new fields, or save buildings or preserve historical uh, items. And about half of the towns in Massachusetts now have this legislation on their books and are building a savings bank to be able to use that for the community's benefit. Marjorie, would you encourage anybody that's thinking of a book to start writing a daily journal or a a, you know, a diary or a journal, and at the end of 365 days, you got 365 short stories? You might. You might. That's actually how I started with this book. They were, uh, this was before blogs 
And I just sent them out as simple emails. Uh, my sweet cousin said, you need to write every day. And after I'd been writing these essays, she said, I just meant you could write a journal. She didn't. She, she was surprised that they were finished essays, and I was sending them out almost daily for a couple of years. And yes, I I just saved them. Actually, I lost them because I had a computer mishap. And God bless my cousin, who's a librarian, had saved and cataloged them by date and sent them all back to me. Because otherwise, I wouldn't have this book. I had lost everything. Oh my and God. He, to the rescue. So that's another tip for our listeners right now. Make sure you do your backups on a regular basis in case of a mishap. Exactly. And and honestly, when I started writing them, I had no idea that they would become a book. It's actually, some of the writing is close to 30 years ago. So sort of different places in my life. And again, that's why I had to pick and choose from hundreds of essays that I've written, which ones would go into this book. This is a very small selection of all the things that I've written. Well, it is well done, and I want to thank you very much for sending me a copy. Madri Turner-Holman, My Liturgy of Easy Walks, Finding the Sacred in Every Day in Some Very Strange Places, and another... I don't know, 8 to 11 out there. If you can get your hands on them, I'm sure they're all good reading. Madri will begin touch, and uh, we'll be doing some other projects and a new marriage together in the writing industry. Thank you so much. It's been a real joy and great to talk to you again, Wayne. It's been my delight. Okay, thank, thank you, Madge. Okay, bye-bye. Okay. That could have went two or three hours. She's so intelligent and knows the business from the ground roots up. Uh, the trailers are back. They had a big weekend up at uh, Madanak Speedway and Waterford and, uh, Speedbowl. Northeast Race Cars and Speed are building race cars and race trucks at the He Shed over at Hill Road in Harrisville. Also the same home as Hopkins Brothers Auto Repair for the best brake job in Northern Rhode Island. Give them a call. Uh, Herbie and Shane at 401-710-9992. Or if you want to get some uh, race parts for your car to get you in Victory Lane, they ship every day around the country right up until 11 o'clock by calling 1-800-766-4748. I was there the other day. They got a load, a trailer load of headers in. And they also had another truck waiting to make a delivery of Bassett Racing Wheels to fill all those back orders. Northeast Race Cars and Speed and Hopkins Brothers Auto Repair. Right there on Six Hill Road in Harrisville to serve you. And the last one, we got to make sure that this uh, show is paid for. Oh, we have a one or two, John. John, uh, you can pick the book up here, Barefoot to Benefactor, My Life Story of Faith and Courage by Lenny Peters, MD. You were caller number three. I almost forgot to put that in there. We had a giveaway today, and that was by American Beauty Sign Works for a beach blanket free book from the author's hour. What a great idea. Barrowville Motor Sales and Larry's 24-hour towing. Lockout service, jump-starting service. 
Maybe you just bought a motorcycle or an ATV. Give them the address. They'll get it delivered right to your door without getting a tag. You can also schedule a Rhode Island Vehicle State Inspection by calling 401-568-6286. At Peter, Carey, Brian, what a crew up there. Expert body and insurance estimates right on the premises. At Boroughville Motor Sales and Larry's 24-hour towing. Download this phone number right now. You never know when you're going to need it. 401-568-6286. And they answer their calls. Talking about that special that's going on over at Cereals. Sirius has also got an add-in. I'm going through all the little notes I got here with the three shows. And uh, Teresa said, Wayne, we could still use one or two more experience service at Sirius Pizzeria and Restaurant over at the Bridgeton Triangle on Church Street in Pasco. Uh, Tuesday, a beach blanket cheese pizza special, a large cheese pizza. A rectangle on a nice cornmeal crust, 15 slices, only $7. And then there's Sunday dinner for two for $23.99, six to ten uh, entrees, including poultry, seafood, pork, or uh, let me see, Italian. They got a nice Italian dish up there. The uh, chicken parmesan, I love it. And it's got John Orlando's signature Italian sauce right on the wall. John may be gone, but that recipe for that sauce will be at Cereal's Pizza Rama Restaurant until heck freezes over. Not the other word. Now, if you are going to be watching the Stanley Cup or the Celtics or maybe even the Red Sox are over 500 now, and you do not um, want to get off the couch, Give them a call, and I had a real strong room in the other day. They've got a 100% record going. They have not lost an order yet. So give them a call at 401-568-7187, and we'll keep that record intact, and they'll get it delivered piping hot right to your door, too. Sirio's Pizzeria and Restaurant, a Northern Rhode Island institution for over 52 years at the Bridgeton Triangle, 401-568-7187. And another thing i got to add on to Cereals that people don't realize, Jimmy has a van and all the equipment for catering. And this is the time of the year, the graduation parties, the congratulation retirement parties, weddings outside. Give him a call. He will match up a menu for whatever your needs are. You want a big pot of pasta? You want a big toss salad made up? Give Jim a call at Cereal's Pizza Rim and Restaurant, and they'll get it delivered right to your door. 401-568-7187. A lot of times I'll do that when we have an outdoor cookout in the backyard. A, a big thing of pots, a, a nice, nice Italian sauce as a centerpiece. And then we'll do our condiments and our little accessories and stuff around it. But we don't have to worry about that big thing. Or I'll order up a, a couple of the uh, silver trays with the sterno heat of some nice chicken wings or some chicken breast. Chicken breasts really go off good, too, with a, a lot of the people in the crowd. We'd like to also thank, too, uh, the Greenwich Hotel for uh, hosting our lively literati uh, down there on Main Street. And, oh, we got one other announcement I got to get in there. Uh, the local author's fair that we had scheduled for Saturday, June 18th, 
down at the Exeter Public Library by the Association of Rhode Island Authors. That is on hold now because they're going to have a, a big and better event with publishers and a whole lot more at a later date. So stay tuned for that. That's coming up. Yeah, the lively literati, we've been having a whole lot of fun on that. And we changed that now. Uh, last couple of them have been on Wednesdays, and it's really, really worked out well. I'll give you a little report, too, on the Association of Rhode Island Authors. Um, 305, nice, nice membership total. And reminder, dues and renewals, you know, sign up throughout the year. Uh, we're getting more and more people from other states. It is not limited just to Rhode Island. You know, in the tri-state region here, we border Connecticut and Mass so close with the same markets and stuff like that. And we did have our nominations and elections. And Mike is reelected as president. Tabitha, vice president. Guy Natelli, the wine guy, treasurer, and runs the Lively Literati. Uh, Deb Zanelli doing a fantastic job as secretary. And two new members. Uh, on the board of directors, uh, Rob Bentley has now joined the board, and Eric Crook. Congratulations to everybody, and I know they're going to do a great job. I was on it, and uh, Paul Carancy, Ray Wolf, a few of us, and everything was running, running smooth. And I'm a firm believer, when I get to my age, you get on a board a few years, you don't have to have a term limit, but if everything's running smooth... Move it on to other people with fresher ideas. You've done your community thing. You don't have to be a legend on it. And, you know, it'll do just fine without you. And add your input, attend your meetings, give your input into it. You know, because your experience from all the years is very good, too. But uh, let people move on on all these different boards. Uh, Little Generals are going to have their show here tomorrow with uh, Jeff and Gary McLaughlin at Wednesdays at 9. And they got some specials going on right, too. I call it my $5.99 special. Uh, they got your choice, uh, hot or sweet Italian sausage at $5.99. They got great cube steak at $5.99. Susan makes a lot of stir fries with the cube steak with mushrooms and my sugar snap peas out of my garden now. Uh, pet it. Sirloin steak at five ninety nine a pound. Also, it's a five ninety nine a week at Little General Stores. By God, there's one in your neighborhood. I think that just about covers everybody for the sponsors that make this possible, except for Magic the Gathering and Fortnite. How could I forget it? Deals are available because we are at the Dragon. Green Dragon Comics and Collectibles. The intersection of 102 and 100 in Chapachet. What an addition she's put on and filled it to the brim. Comic books. If you're missing one edition of your series, chances are she's got it there. And if not, she's got the reputation as the best locator service in the business. Now, check her out on social media. Green Dragon Comics and Collectibles on social media because she's a wizard at it. She updates it almost every day with sealed events, dual events. You geeks out there know what I'm talking about. Green Dragon Comics and Collectibles. We are at the Dragon, 401-949-2076. 
And I'd like to thank Oscar of an American Beauty Sign Works for donating that book today. The Beach Blanket Reading for the Summer. Barefoot to Benefactor. And Lenny Peters, MD, is the author of it. And it's a hot copy, too. I sold 11 of them. It's a very good book. And you can listen to the podcast with Lenny Peters, MD, on anchor.fm slash Wayne dash Barber. I can't believe it's 9.59. You know what that means? Uh, we'll be getting off the air, but we're just warming up at smoking 99.9 FM and non-smoking 1380 AM. Apple, Alexa, tune in, and so much more. Thank you to our fine sponsors, guests, and emailers at Wayne WNRI, Yahoo. Best day of your life. Your host, Wayne G. Barber.